from Forward Direction LLC, it's the You Should Listen podcast, a show that intersects sports, business, fashion, and hip-hop culture. We draw on experiences from influential people who have carved out a name in their respective creative space. We hope you pick up a few gems along the way. Thanks for tuning in. Today's guest is Alexander Nate. I met Nate a few years ago while going to Radford, but had no idea of just how talented he was. He's an artist in every sense of the word. He's a musician, a creative, and someone that draws on inspiration from just about anywhere. His latest project, Blue Jay, shows his range as an artist and much more. We talk about his hoop dreams, turning heartbreaks into hit records, and if he could have anyone on a track, who he would go grab. The fact that Nate is from Virginia makes this episode that much better. Enjoy our conversation. There was a movie about your life. What would be the title of it and who would play you as the leading role? Uh, That's a great question. I mean, let me think. Uh, In regards to who would play me, if I could have anyone, I would want so many good actors um i would want a young can i get any actor i want hey this is this is your movie any actor <laughs> any actor and i could can i also predate them to the past like i could say a young version of this actor of course okay okay great 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 um actor wise i would want a young either Man, I really want to hit this on the head. So give me two seconds to think about this. Um, I would want a young, a young, either Don Cheadle. Okay. Just, just, I think he's incredible overall and everything yeah. he does. Um, Black Monday not being my favorite show what, at the moment, but I would say Don Cheadle. A young Don Cheadle would be great. A young Terrence is cool, but you know he's just—he's uh, a different. Terrence Howard is a different type of breed. But yeah. um, the title of the movie would be a hard one, though. The title would be—I'd want it to be something to do with either with Virginia or like something to do with home, um, just because that's something that relates to me the most. I think all in all, just um, a lot of the things that I talk about or even write about or think about even in things that I like to watch is just kind of like based on the person's upbringing or the person's past and kind of just how it relates to who they are currently or how that's affected them now so yeah that's I don't know maybe I would probably even just title it Sweet Virginia just leave it at that just keep it simple and uh I know there's already a movie out right now but yeah just take the title (laughs) and just keep it rocking yeah. yeah, I like, I like, I like that uh, Don Cheadle. He would definitely be able to uh, play. He's one of my favorite actors as well. Um, yeah. yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I have the one and only Alexander Nate, uh, Virginia's own. He's a musician, artist, uh, very creative individual. Thanks for joining the You Should Listen podcast. I'm your host, um, Layden Williams. Go ahead, gonna go ahead and let you introduce yourself to the fans and listeners out there. Hi, everybody. It's Alexander Nate. Um, I'm I'm excited to be here. Honestly, I appreciate you having me on, Layden. This has been um, I've been listening to some of these podcasts and, and they're great. I love what you're doing, intersecting these uh, worlds. I feel like, you know, they're already kind of cross over into each other um, unintentionally or even intentionally at times. So it's just kind of cool to see this, um, see something to fruition that kind of 
brings them all together and lets you kind of intersect them. So it's really dope. I'm glad to be here, my man. Good. I'm happy to have you. Um, first things first, just wanted to start, I guess, back uh, you as a kid. Who is Alexander Nate? Like, where are you from? Where did you grow up? What schools did you go to? All that good stuff. Oh, wow. That's a great question. Um, grew up in, so grew up in Northern Virginia, um, raised in different parts. Uh, originally lived in um, parts of Alexandria, then moved um, into uh I want to say from Alexandria to a subset nearby. I'm not recalling as of right now, but um, from there, moved to Lorton um, mm-hmm. roughly around like, you know, my uh, early, early years. I want to say like around eight or nine. And then, and then, yeah, I just kind of was grew up in Lorton since then. Hopped around different schools during the time. But um, I would say, you know, some of the schools that stick out to me would be like South County, um, being one of them, I remember in seventh grade, I was at Hayfield, um, different things like that. Robert E. Lee was one, but you know, I don't know if you heard, but they changed the name, uh, from Robert E. Lee high school to, uh, to, um, uh, to what's the name, um, the activist that just passed away, John Lewis, I believe. Okay. Yeah. I saw, um, I saw that in the news. That's, I mean, it's long overdue, but I'm glad that they did actually change it. So it was I know it's crazy. I went there for a year and now it's like to see that it's, it's incredible, but yeah, man. Um, so that's pretty much been, um, my trajectory of like schools. Um, I went to, um, I finished out in South County. Um, and then, and then, yeah, that's kind of where I'm from Northern Virginia, born and raised, uh, born up in the DMV area near Silver Spring, but, um, and then was, you know, kind of just moved immediately. Um, when we were younger and my sister was born like towards DC, but yeah. Northern Virginia native on that. Cool, cool. And I know we actually connected um, back at our uh, days at Radford University. I was going to ask, what did you actually study while you were there? Um, obviously, I know that everyone goes there for a different reason, whether it's to focus on sports, whether it's to focus on kind of finding themselves in college, or what, what did you actually study while you were there? Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, yeah, so I went to school down, down at Radford. Um, I, wanna, I went in for, essentially, my main mission was directing. Right. So I joined the theater program um, as to try to learn um, and, and try to cu- cultivate like the, the side of directing that I wanted to do. That was kind of a lot of the vision that I had because we didn't have a film program back then. Um, and so it was kind of like the way that I joined. But then as I went, it really didn't have a, um, a program dedicated to the actual directing side. I want to say like it was, it was mainly based in the theater um, in the acting side, which, you know, I love learning, but I transitioned from that because we didn't have that. I transitioned into marketing, which is a funny jump, but um, I went into marketing afterwards, but yeah, it's, it was a, it, it was a, it was definitely an interesting thing for my first year to like kind of dive in and, and see things from a perspective of how people would direct in theater and, and, you know, um, just kind of learning about how actors like, you know, pick up on their trait and their craft, but um, yeah, albeit I, I wasn't able to actually like learn the things I wanted to learn at the time. And I'm not sure if they actually um, built out a film program there yet, but yeah, that was what I kind of went in for. Gotcha. And obviously you're working in a creative space now um, as, a, as, a, as an artist. Are you doing what you envisioned after college or what was like your mindset once you finished? You're like, okay, I want to get into music or I want to pick up a camera and start shooting content. Like what, what was your mindset? Mm. Great question. Um, I would say my initial thoughts were 
I wanted to do music the whole time. Even while I was at school, I, I was uh, I was figuring out how to record. I was recording things here and there, um, but I wasn't able to actually produce the music that I wanted to at the time. But there was always like this side of me that um, I wanted to be involved in music and film. Those are two things that have always driven me and like kind of been my passions ever since I was in school, even in high school. I was in pro I was in programs, whether it be like, you know, theater or whether it be um, musicals, like I, I just, you know, I, I was in choir and church, you know, like, so it was like, kind of like my creative side had been growing from a younger age. I think at certain points I was, I wasn't um, diving into the creative arts as much as I should have been, especially like when I was in high school, I, I was trying to, you know, play sports and all these things. And, and to be honest, I'm, I wasn't the best athlete and I think I was humbled very very quickly in in that regard you know I, I remember thinking I could thinking I could do magical things on the basketball court and you know realizing quickly that it wasn't for me um was a was a funny moment but um but yeah no I, I was able to but I, I met somebody really cool um at a younger age while I was in Virginia that kind of you know taught me how to um you know, get better uh, with my vocals. And that was already happening when I was in high school. He was just kind of, you know, trying to like, not kind of teach me like the classical side of it as well, which I never really understood, especially in choir. Like, you know, we kind of just, you know, you're given like, you know, baritone or, or you know, whatever section you're in. And then you just kind of go from there. But yeah, I was able to learn a little bit more while I was in school. And then when I went to college, I had this affinity to try to learn more and try to bring that back to life. Um, but I definitely dived in fully right when I left school. I, I kind of like took a step back and I, I, that's when I left Virginia. Uh, I went to New York and then initially I went to New York and, and I was I was there trying to sort out like how I wanted to approach it. Um, and yeah, like, you know, because there was two things I loved was, you know, outside of even just the side of um, just, you know, encompassing film and, and music. I also did have like kind of an insight for marketing and like kind of a passion for like understanding that as well so that was something that kind of drove me to be able to like all right look like i can go to new york use this craft that i've learned um but i want to really figure out how to make the music that i want and it was a, actually a funny story like when i got to new york uh, that's where it kind of took place it, it shaped there where i kind of was just like all right how do i dive into this and i i wanted to get in with somebody that knew what they were doing and I just, you know, one day was just like went online like everybody else probably does and, and went on Double XL, saw the top 10 producer class of like they had an article that was written. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I went through the list and there was one producer that stood out to me and his name was Nate Fox. He was uh, part of the social experiment, worked with Chance and, and very, very talented guy. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I just deep dove you know, went in and found his email, I think, and then just shot him a, a voice memo that, that I sang on my phone. That was just kind of an idea I had. Um, and, you know, he hit me back the next day. And I don't know, you know, what would have happened if, if he hadn't, but, you know, he hit me back the next day saying, you know, I, I really fuck with this. Um, let me let me throw some things over this. And him and his team kind of just like collaborated and sent me back, you know, an idea to the track. Um, it was called Midnight Marauders. It was the, essentially, it was the first track I ever made. Um, and I was like, yeah, that's dope. Because I, I had this whole concept when I was in New York. I had this whole, I had this whole project in my head that I wanted to bring to life. Um, and he heard that and he was like, yeah, I, I rock with it. And, 
and he made something really cool to us, sent it back to me, and then we kind of were like, and he just kind of said, yo, I want to shoot you a call real quick. And we talked and we chatted and and he was like, yeah, like, you know, what are you doing? Like, are you signed? Like all these questions. And I was like, nah, like I'm just trying to figure this thing out. He was like, well, how about you come out to LA and let's work together. And so that's what really started and kicked it off. And I started going, flying back and forth from New York to LA, trying to like, you know, record and, and really, um, and really try to like make something. And then eventually got to the point where it was taking too much time to, you know, just go back and forth. Um, and I had to commit and, and actually made, made the move to LA and that's it. That was, that's the story of how it started. Gotcha. I was actually going to um, backtrack a little bit. I was going to ask, when did you actually first get into music? I know you mentioned uh, sports early on, but were you like nine or 10 and you were like looking up to some of your favorite artists or some of your favorite groups or, or bands? And also two part question, what's like some of your, what were some of your favorite groups or um, artists growing up? Ooh, great question. Um, no, so yeah, like, I mean, sports was always a thing that I feel like I wish I could do, you know, very like, like, and I, tr and I did my best because I liked what it kind of resembled, you know what I mean? Like, I think it was just more or less like I was a fan of sports. I was like, yeah. trying to get into it, but I would always, my mom had always known that creative side of me. So I was always in plays at my church, um, you know, even at a young age. So by the time I was, I would, I want to say like, maybe like, eight nine maybe even around like in like by 10 11 I was already like involved in church productions and then I just was kind of nervous to do it in school because it just wasn't what the cool kids were doing you know and, yeah. and I remember being like uh like trying to be cool and, and I regret that a lot sometimes because I remember one time I was asked to join the choir um or I mean not the choir sorry the um uh cor uh what's it called um at school the um, the ensemble or whatever it's called but I was asked to join and I, I kind of was like hesitant because the my friends at the time just were like oh like what like uh why don't we just hang out and I was like yeah you're right like let's just hang out but <laughs> but um luckily as time went um I I like you know I dived more and more and you know I grew up in a household to answer that second part I grew up in a household that my mom was playing Sam Cooke you okay. know Nina so that was the music she only allowed in the house, right? I wasn't able to listen to the radio in the car or, you know, anywhere else. So that was what she allowed. But when I wasn't listening to that, obviously I'm, I'm listening to Usher or I'm listening to, um, I'm listening to like Joel's even like, I remember like, you know, honestly, uh, one of the, one of my favorite artists in regards to storytelling has to be Joel Santana because one thing that I learned, um, by listening to him was just being able to craft a story from start to finish. One of my favorite songs by him is called Little Boy Fresh. And he kind of depicts this story of Little Boy Fresh who grows up in this area trying to like figure out how to get into the game and all the things he does to, you know, flip the situation on its head and come out on top. And he starts this story from the beginning all the way to the end and how it kind of and it, it's not even like a, it's not even a track, like one of his like top tracks that, that's come out. But for me, it's definitely my favorite that he's ever done. But yeah, that's like kind of like my musical influences starting from like vocal wise. I, I definitely was always on Sam Cooke and, and all those classics. But, you know, some of those people like 50 and then Kanye and all those like back then kind of really opened my ears to just how, um, how music could be done in the creative way. 
Nice. And I, I know that, I guess, growing up, people were kind of scared to kind of follow their dreams and you hinted on it a little bit um, and, and your reluctance to kind of join those, whether it was the course um, through your church or just different projects uh, through the school. As you began to kind of make your own music and make a name for yourselves, were you ever reluctant to share your music or let people know that, hey, I actually, I'm an artist myself? Hmm. That's a good question. I mean, no, like, you know, I, I, I was lucky that when I was younger, that that fear, that, that, that little like tinge moment kind of went away quickly because um, like when I was younger, it was definitely like kind of trying to be, trying to fit within an image, right? And then and that, that's natural. Like I think that when you try to like find yourself within an ecosystem, you try to, you know, you try to blend in, you try to mold and, and adapt into the situation. But one thing I realized was um, by the time, especially that I was in, like by the time I was like a junior or senior in high school, I was like, you know, very, very much like kind of, how, how do I say, focused in on how I was going to uh, portray myself in, in music or how I would join these things. And I was in a musical production by that time. I, I was in, in my high school. I just decided this is what I want to do. This is who um, I am at the end of the day. And so I focused in around then I wasn't able to as much um, deliver that when I was in school um, in the university, but when I got out, I definitely dived in fully. And I think that honestly, that first um, shot that I got kind of gave me that, um, the tools that I needed to really, you know, dive head first into the craft and like try to focus on being myself and how I wanted to present myself and, and make music that really resonated with me rather than trying to make music that either made sense or like was more in line with what was happening at the time. So I just kind of like started working and, and luckily like, you know, even the first people that I started working with, um, they made music that was more or less avant-garde and kind of like uh, just a different style and true to themselves. So it was honestly like a really good experience to see that from the, from the beginning, like from the jump, just being able to watch people get together, use live instrumentation when they create music sit in a room and collab and and do all those things it, it was really cool to see so um yeah it just it, it kind of like set me off into being able to like kind of know exactly how i wanted to approach it but you know to that part to the second part of that question i mean of course it's nerve-wracking when you uh, put out something that you've been working on or uh, you know especially when it comes to music or you know art in any form of uh, a fashion you know you're gonna be nervous to share it because it's a part of you that um that you know it's kind of vulnerable it's a very vulnerable thing to do it's it's you know you're kind of like trying to you're putting yourself out there and saying you know i hope this is something that you'll enjoy as well because if not you just keep it you know on your on your computer at home so um you know it just it definitely was a was a was a scary moment but you know i think that you know knowing what i wanted to do and how i wanted to approach it was kind of helped me kind of curtail like how I envisioned it. And then, and then, yeah, just, uh, I, I curtail my expectations off of the first project or the first song, you know, I didn't want to expect something that, um, expect too much, but rather just say, look, this is what I want to make. And I hope you enjoy, you know, just, and really that's kind of been my, my motto ever since, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much, I hope that answers that question.
Yeah, definitely. Um, as you kind of talk about your approach, I'm always interested when I connect with uh, artists, whether they're doing hip hop or they're um, singing R&B or let's say they're either in folklore. How do you draw the line beside uh, innovation and imitation? So like, for example, let's say you're mm -hmm. listening to like a, a Joel song or, or a Drake song. Obviously, you're probably inspired or you're like, oh, I like the way that they sound over, over this course or I like the way they started this verse. Like, how do you separate drawing um, uh, inspiration and actually creating your own song? It's a great question. I mean, one, one way is like, so my favorite artists are always going to lean towards the storyteller side, whether it be, you know, whether it be anyone from Joel, Zach Brown, um, you know, uh, Dolly, there's like, you know, artists that, you know, even Sam or Sam Cook or, uh, you know, there's so many that draw from this place of storytelling mm -hmm. that have, has always made, that that like it's a style of you know and even um prior to that i grew up reading books you know and my fun and that was like my source of entertainment essentially when i was a younger kid because um my mom really didn't want us to be just watching tv mindlessly at home so the way that you know she said if you guys want to have fun you know you could just go check out as many books as you want yeah. so at a young age, me and my sister were going to the library, checking out like 10, 15 books, going home. And that was what we were doing for entertainment. So whether it be, you know, at that point was where I really kind of, um, I really kind of like dived into different, different genres, whether it be like, you know, I went through a mafia era, a medieval era, um, an African mythology era, a, uh, you know, Greek mythology, Roman mythology. And it kind of just like was able to like grow up with this fascination of storytelling and a good story being something that hit home and how to tell that was always my passion, whether it be writing it down, whether it be singing it, whether it be, uh, you know, different methods, whether it be directing it or film, like all those things, I just wanted to be able to say, how do you tell a story yeah. and, and depict it in a way that's relatable to other people because at the end of the day for it to resonate it has to hit home whether or not they went through that thing personally or not because you know, there's a lot of stories that i'd read from from uh, either mythology or like medieval times or even mafia uh, stories that i would read that kind of just you know touched upon core things that we all go through and whether it's not direct to how my life is or what I'm going through, it was able to make me see it from a different perspective of like, but this is something that I can relate to. I understand going through hardships. I understand going through breakup. I understand going through like, you know, wanting something or not having something or, you know, like things like that. So I think that that always resonated, me, resonated with me from a younger age. And then once like, you know, I could see artists that I liked that did that, I realized the real key in any style um, and to make sure that it doesn't, you know, you don't cross a line of imitation um, and, you know, uh, or inspiration, like to try to like really make sure you cross it correctly. I think it's really just being true to yourself. That's, that's the key in all of it is telling your story. So it's when you tell your own story, no one else can tell that. And that's what I've tried to do in all my songs. I don't really talk from a perspective of anyone else but mine. You know, what I went through at a younger age, what I've, uh, you know, kind of, you know, seen growing up uh, and what's impacted me, whether it be love, uh, you know, whether it be heartache, whether it be, um, you know, my past with my family, like just things like that. Like I just made it true to myself. And then that way 
it was always going to be from me. And I know that you've placed a big emphasis on, on storytelling or kind of sharing um, uh, tidbits from like your past or kind of your experience growing up, but how would you actually describe your, your musical sound? That's a great question, man. I mean, um, I mean, uh, at the end of the day, I'm inspired by soul the most. Um, vocally, that's, I think, how I would approach things, whether or not it's over different um, styles of music, um, I would say that usually can change depending on how I feel, but I usually approach vocally like everything with a soulful approach. Um, but I mean, I have, I have, uh, I have like, uh, what's, what's the word? I feel like I have little sprinkles of like, whether it be, you know, R and B, um, a little bit of like blues, like whether it be like this, like Southern blues, especially. Um, and then, and a little bit of a little bit of everything like I, I would say even like all the way through to bits and pieces of like certain elements of country like I, I think it just all melds together in a way that it's true to what I've listened to growing up um, and kind of has inspired me so musically that's what I would put myself in it's, it's a hard thing to depict because sometimes I think I'm doing something specifically or doing something a certain direction and then somebody will mention or i'll hear like oh this is reminiscent of this or this is like this and i'm like oh okay i didn't i didn't approach i didn't see that before but i can see how that you know how that could be interpreted that way and you know i was inspired by different things growing up you know all the way from you know even good pop like i think that there's certain things to pop that i love when it comes to writing style or how songs are constructed um, from like the verse to the hook or, you know, just things like that. So yeah, I think it just, I kind of pull from a lot of things when I write, but that way I try to like keep it true to me and what has resonated with me. Nice. And I know we mentioned this earlier in our conversation, uh, the uh, conscious decision to actually take your talents out to um, LA, uh, kind of like Bron, mm -hmm. but I was going <laughs> to ask, what is it about the DMV area specifically um, that, I guess not hampers, but doesn't allow artists to kind of grow, if that makes sense. Like, I know, obviously, Wale, mm -hmm. uh, Shy Glizzy, shout out to Homie B. Cole, also went to Radford, and, and a few other artists out of the DMV, such as, like, Quinn and other people. But what is it about the DMV, you think, that kind of doesn't allow uh, artists to reach, like, their full potential? Well, I, I think that's a, that's a good question. I think that it's not really that the DMV hampers anything because like, there are certain artists that I you know just like some that you mentioned that have that are you know making it out and doing great things and are getting their voice heard when you tap into that um that you know DMV culture like what you know even from Glizzy and, and from all those other artists as well that have really impacted um from there I think it's not that it hampers but I think a lot of the people that you can work with or creative wise um, they're all over the place. And a lot of the hubs that kind of congregate these people are New York and LA. And being able to meet an eclectic group of individuals. I mean, granted, you know, we are in a time where you can send an email off and you can work with somebody remotely. Um, and, you know, you don't have to be in the same state to do it. But a lot of times in the way that I make music, especially, it's very collaborative. It's very like, um, I like to be in a room with the person I'm making it with. Um, because that way, I usually only work with either one other person um, and, and 
I don't like to really make it like a, a, a big process with a lot of people. Um, I like to have the producer in there and um, yeah, and just kind of work, work within that space. So I think that's where sometimes it just depends on the music you make or the group that you're with, you know, and if, if it works there, I mean, you can make it, you can make it out anywhere. That's what the power of the internet is really is being able to like work together, work with other people or make things um, in the state that you're in. And you know, that, that's just how I had to, like, that was my journey. That was my specific journey, but I feel that every single person does it their own way and, and, you know, are going to find success in their realm, especially if they know what they're going for, like their sound or their vision. Gotcha. I was actually going to ask, how would you, how do you actually separate yourself apart from different artists in LA? Um, obviously it is a, it's a big music um, city and there is a lot of talent there, but what do you think it is about your sound that separates you from um, other artists? It's a great question. I mean, honestly, one thing that I like to do is I, I don't really, I don't really like, not, not to say like it's, it's a negative thing, but, or a positive thing, but I try not to, mix and 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 be in the in the scene too much like especially with within like la which you can find yourself in so quickly mm -hmm. because it's honestly how you um network you know and it's how you meet people and it's how you you know find different avenues of like whether it be writing making music you know just it, it's 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 a great ecosystem to be a part of but sometimes i, I realized when i was in it um you can kind of you know find yourself not not lost but the word is you know kind of missing the initial vision that you had coming into it you know and i think that to make sure that i maintained that you know complete autonomy or like what i wanted to do i kind of just boxed myself into like my own my own ecosystem within la you know and made sure that i kept true to my vision how i wanted to approach it never got deterred or never got like, you know, and, and, and just kind of said, okay, like, this is how I want to do. This is how I want to do things, how I'm going to make it happen. And whether it take longer to do it this route, I'd rather take that longer journey to make sure that I do it the way that I've envisioned it. So I don't compromise anything or um, because, you know, a lot of things happen here where, you know, you'll, you'll get opportunities to like work with people or write on things or, uh, and then in that process, not that it's at all, but, sometimes I feel like you can lose your writing style, if, if that makes sense, in, in a sense where you're, when you try to write for other people or work with, when you work collaboratively, you kind of start me meshing like worlds, you know? And, and sometimes it's not that it's a bad thing. A lot of people do that. You can, you gain a lot of tools from it. You can, you know, like you have a lot, you add things to your arsenal and you make songs. But for me, I've just felt like if I'm going to stick to, the music that I want to make, I have to kind of bubble myself within this place and then just keep making music that I like for me and hope it resonates with other people. Gotcha. And, and talking about piggybacking off of that question, uh, your music resonating with other people, um, just kind of wanted to talk about your experience as an actual performer. Um, do you remember what your first performance was like? Hopefully it wasn't like Eminem and 8 Mile where he it <laughs> throws up on themselves, looks like, like a crazy man out there. But just wanted you to kind of walk us through those experiences as well. Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, I was lucky that my first performance was actually really good. Uh, it was it was very like um, intimate setting. It was here in LA, actually. 
at a place called No Name. Um, and it, it was great, man. Like, honestly, it was kind of the first time I was able to showcase um, my vocal approach and, and style in, in person. And it kind of went how I wanted it to go, you know, and, and it was nerve wracking, obviously. Uh, I was I was hoping like man I, I hope I deliver on this but you know I was lucky man and and it went it went very well no booze no cheers no uh, no none of that but yeah it, it was it was honestly an incredible experience and it got me really really excited to be able to um, you know make songs that I knew would be great for performances as well and honestly making performance versions of the music I make is also a fun thing where um, I like to do it live and work with the team to like do it to make a live performance track rather than it being just the, uh, the, you know, the original beat behind me singing. So yeah, it was fun. It was fun to have like a great team, a guitar player, um, everyone that I, I felt really met, um, meshed well with. And it, um, shout out to Keith Butler. He was really part of um, bringing that to life. And he's actually from Virginia as well. Um, so yeah, I st- like it, even the people that I worked, I try to like, you know, focus on working with collaborative with people that are like-minded in that way where either I've known them from the past or they're very much like able to work in a in a smaller space but yeah it was a great it was a great moment and I'm excited to start performing again when all of this uh all of this dies down I know it's hopefully I mean I'm thinking within the next six months we'll see something get better but you know we just we just don't know everything is you know you know month to month so we'll see and you you mentioned uh some of your support uh, your last response, but just curious, how were you able to one find management to kind of uh, help with the uh, expansion and just kind of get your name out there on, on the LA scene? And two, uh, I was also going to ask, I was going to ask, how did you go about finding management and did you know anyone prior to moving out to LA? Um, no, no, I had, I didn't really know anyone prior to moving out here. Um, management wise, I've kept that within actually my own team. I never even signed, um, with to a manager. Like initially when I came out, there was some opportunities that I was presented with, but nothing really felt, um, right to me, um, in regards to the people I work with. And just like I told you before, um, I, I've always liked to come into situations with my own team or own ecosystem um and it kind of made me feel like when i got here i think there's like this you know you got to do x y z and you got to work with da 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 or that's a person that you should definitely think about working with and i just was always like look like if it makes sense for what i'm trying to do cool but if not no so i've i've honestly kept a small team internal um this whole process through like it's been, and it's grown slowly, but yeah, I have, I've, I've had, you know, I have my partner as well, like Shola and you, you've actually known Shola Johnson. Like he's somebody yeah. that I've worked, yeah, I've worked with him since, you know, um, especially more recently we've been kind of working together, but yeah, man, I've, I've kept a small team and, and just kind of kept it moving in that realm where I would rather figure out a way to tackle everything internally. Um, and, and you can do a lot of these things yourself. You know what I mean, like you, you, you don't realize like the amount of equity or percentage you give away, the more and more you ask or have other people involved. You know what I mean? So um, a lot of the things time is gone is, you know, it, it's funny when I first got here compared to now, it was like I almost 
like removed more and more the longer I went, you know, like you start out with trying to have different people involved, whether it be a distributor, whether it be, uh, you know, X, Y, and Z, and, and you, you, meet, you have opportunities presented to yourself, whether it be publishing, like, and you kind of, you know, you add on things that you feel are going to be the route that you want to take. And then you realize shortly, you're like, wait, let's, let's not do that. Let's not do this. This doesn't work for me. And then by the time that this project has come out, I want to tell you, man, like it's pretty much gotten down to the smallest team I've ever had since being here. So it just feels like much like, you know, the more you learn and you probably know it yourself, like, you know, whatever, you know, you try to do and ask other people to do, or, you know, try to get, you know, in a collaborative effort, you could probably get it done better doing it yourself with a smaller, you know, smaller group. And, and not falling into that trap of thinking you need other people. And I, I feel like you've also kind of found that in your own realm with what you're doing here. Definitely, definitely. And kind of talking about the, uh, the collaboration aspect, I was going to um, <clears throat> ask you, what inspires you to write a track? Obviously growing up in the DMV and then going to Radford and transitioning to New York for a little bit and now in LA, uh, I'm sure you've seen a lot and experienced a lot, but what actually, uh, makes you sit down and just put pen to pad and say, Hey, this is actually going to be something I want to put over some, some adult beat. Great question, man. I mean, you know, every single thing you can actually, you know, based on where you start um, hearing the music, whether it be my initial music that I made from um, El Dorado um, project or like, you know, Red Canary into Blue, into Blue Jay now, you can kind of hear um, what it is that inspires me as it goes you know i think initially a lot of the things that inspire me whether it be um monetary gain or um honestly one one running theme that's always been um that's always been like current in every project is you know spirituality in regards to like religion um how i view um, death and, and life, you know, as a whole, you know, um, it's kind of been some that's like a driving force, even from the beginning, like from the first songs I made, um, whether it be like Old Loose or, you know, and then in Red, Red Canary, I made a song called Peter's Interlude. Um, it's a lot of, a lot of things like that. Those are the things that have always piqued my curiosity and are things that I, you know, find, you know, find, make me want to write. And, you know, like this concept of like, what happens when we die? Um, you know, it, it's a crazy thing. Like, and, and the more that I've gone, you know, and have lost people or, um, you know, have seen loss and, you know, that's something that's always been, you know, on the back of my mind, you know, running, a running theme that goes. And then, you know, as, as time goes, like love has always been something as well that like, you know, impacts all of us, you know what I mean? Whether or not we have love, have lost love. Um, and, and it's always a timestamp of what I'm going through at that time, whether it be a little bit of the past, but you know, Blue Jay is about pretty much the last two years and like where I've been in the last two years since Red Canary, the, the relationship I'm in now and all those things that kind of just like relate uh, to how I feel with those themes from before all the way to now. And, um, but yeah, each thing, like each project kind of like finds me in a different space. What is moving me? What inspires me? Um, and that, that's how I usually write. Gotcha. And obviously I know that you're, you're, you're big in the, in the music space, but just looking at your um, profile on Instagram, I've seen that you've also um, 
transition into to the fashion space and you've created some dope ass designs whether it's with <laughs> other, other merchandise hopefully i can get my hands on in the uh, future just curious what, sure. what's, what's the concept or what's the approach behind um offering merchandise oh, that's a great question man like no um yeah i mean <laughs> i i work with a really really cool designer on on this last um you know on this last project because it was something that you know i've i never wanted to do merch or anything until I was ready, um, until it made sense to actually, um, and a concept that inspired me enough to create it. You know, I never wanted to just throw a name on a shirt and, and call it a day. So I, I worked with this really cool designer that um, that I've kind of like known about and, and they really kind of like worked with me. And a lot of the things that I do, like I said, like are collaborative. It's very much like even from the videos I make, um, everything is I'm in there in every process, whether it be the editing process, like a lot of the videos recently, I've just been doing myself like, you know, and, and have, you know, a, someone who helps me film and, and, you know, but I edit, um, and all that, but yeah, I mean, I would say that this process was definitely cool to like, kind of work with somebody creative, see the kind of like color schemes that we can work with to try to like make things pop because, you know, Blue Jay is very much like, you know, you kind of hear Blue Jay, you think in blue. You know, and then it's like, so I, I already know like what things I love from there. And then we're going to have a second drop actually um, coming out either this week or the following because pre-order is about to wrap up. But um, yeah, it's very, very like, it's very fun to like work with, you know, like-minded people who kind of have this like drive to make something really interesting and creative. Um, and then applying that to whether it be shirts, you know, uh, or, you know, videos, everything. Just really cool. So yeah, I'm glad you like it, man. We'll definitely get it. Um, get you in a pair. Nice. Um, and I was going to ask, obviously you mentioned uh, Red Canary, Blue Jay. I have to ask, what's the, uh, what's the, I guess, what's the idea behind actually putting a, a bird in each of one, each one of your projects? It's a great question, man. Um, so yeah, I never asked, I've never actually answered this, but I'll tell you like the symbolism between it. So uh -huh. Red Canary, you'll notice um, there are three birds there and, mm -hmm. and Blue Jay, there's one. So in Red Canary, it kind of was going through the, my past relationships in a sense um, okay. and kind of a culmination of the three um, and it kind of broke down like what I had been through and, and kind of where my head was at previously. A lot of the stories even in there that I wrote um, were kind of backdated, you know, like it had been ideas that I had had in my mind before releasing, you know, so it wasn't a current thought maybe at, as of when I released the EP, but you know, some of those songs I had held on to for whether it be a little while, like a couple of years even. So, um, yeah, like, and so the symbolism there is, you know, the the past, um, sort of the past relationships um, being the three Red Canaries and then the Blue Jay being my current relationship and the person I'm with now. So, yeah, like, it, it kind of, it, it was kind of a full circle moment being able to write those stories and, like, get them out um, in that previous project. But this project really just kind of detailed everything I had been through since in in essence whether it be not exactly from the release of the project but of the previous project but mainly the last like what i'm currently going through rather than focusing in i i was able to get all the things from the past out in the past in the previous project and this one was really just like hard like kind of focusing it on like what i feel currently what i'm going through now and making it a lot more about the present that's dope. Yes, I saw the striking resemblance, and I was like, "Okay, I'm I'm definitely catching on to something here." But I'm I'm definitely uh, glad. <laughs> no, it was a the great concept. question. Great question, man. Like honestly, that's a, I'm glad you asked it.
Yeah. Um, and Adele, thanks again for joining the show. Uh, as we kind of wrap up, I just wanted to put you in the hot seat for a second, get um, <laughs> questions, and then we can shout out the social media handles, let people know how they can find the, the music, download the merch, and all that good stuff. Sound good? All right. That sounds good. Hot seat. I have not. <laughs> all right. I'm ready. Let's go. Go for all it. All right. Uh, three artists on a song. Who and why? Any artist, mm. any time period. Okay. Um, three artists with me or outside of me, just just to hear. Uh, three three artists, not including yourself, on a song. You can collaborate. Got it. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Three artists outside of me, and they're all on one song together. Yep. Okay. Great question. Um, if I could hear two people or three people on a song together, I would throw. I would throw Gary Clark Jr. Um, with 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 mm, who would be a, who would be great to hear on a track with or you could or you could even use our uh, producers oh, oh that's great lot, so yeah oh that's a great question then okay yeah i mean i would love to hear i would love to hear how sam cook would approach a Zaytoven beat. That would be incredible. Okay. Uh, um, who else? Um, I would love to hear, who else would, would I throw on that track? I, I, then I'd throw, then I'd throw, I'd probably throw Future on that track. Maybe Future uh -huh. or who else would I throw on that track? Uh, if Sam's got the hook, I would say, I would probably, yeah, I'd throw Future. Okay. That sounds like yeah, a, that'd be a crazy. I mean, the thing is, I feel like that's possible because they could just sample a classic joint, throw them on yeah. the hook, and then so it's not even like it's like not feasible to happen right now. But yeah, that would be my three. Okay, okay. Um, and everything's obviously kind of closed right now, but when when things are open, uh, rooftop or speakeasy? <laughs> Great question. Um, I mean, if it's New York, speakeasy. Okay. And if it's LA, I like rooftops. Okay, that's a good, that's a good approach. Yeah. Um. Let's say you have some spare time and you just want to waste your brain cells. Uh, Netflix or YouTube? Ooh, Netflix. Netflix, Hulu. I mean, I mean, there is some shows on there. Like right now, Hulu's taking the cake. HBO Max coming with some hot things. But okay. I mean, show-wise, I would say Hulu or Netflix. If you get a chance, you got to watch this one show uh, on Hulu. I've been preaching about it to the choir for so long right now. But normal people, man, it's okay. it's incredible, bro. It's it's honestly one of the best shows that kind of just cover what people go through with a lack of communication when trying to find love. It's, it's incredible, man. It's, it's one of the most inspiring shows I think of this year. So yeah, I always talk about it, but yeah, that, that's what I'd say. Okay. I'll have to add that to the uh, queue. Um, next, right. next question. Would you rather perform as South by Southwest or Coachella? That's a great question. South by Southwest. Hmm. Just curious. What, what makes you choose that over Coachella? I love the energy there. Like I love what they brought um, to that, like to that city, especially when it comes to like Texas. Like I love the music there. I love everything. But South by Southwest is kind of like, is this like culmination of like, where you really want to like showcase what you got working on, like what what you what you have ideas that you have coming forward. Like you kind of just get to show in a different light. I think Coachella is a little more like when you want to like perform the tracks that you know have been hitting. Yeah, it's not as much of a yeah, you know, it's not as much of a uh, an experimental venue like Coachella. I love you know, I love as well, but yeah, I'd, I'd say that that would be a really cool one. Okay, and uh, obviously we were talking about sports earlier, and you being from Virginia, so this is a tough question: Steph Curry or Iverson? 
Iverson. I don't even want to. I mean, Curry's incredible. Curry's incredible. Obviously, like we all know, he's he's so talented. But I mean, Allen Iverson. We all grew up like you know just watching him and just like seeing what you know. And he put Virginia on the map. Like that's it. I, I wouldn't. I love when I see somebody come from Virginia, put it on the map, whether it be breezy all the way down to you know uh, Trey, uh, Pharrell. These are legends that, that just like right. put you know that put this city on the map. So yeah, I mean the state on the map. So yeah, that's it. Cool. Um, I was gonna ask you, what's your social media handle so people can follow you, and also where can they stream or download your uh, music? Perfect. Um, yeah, you can stream, download the music anywhere on all platforms. Um, and you can find me at Alexander Nate on all platforms with uh, out the E's and the Alexander. But um, yeah, that's that's where you can find me. I appreciate you having me on, Layden. I mean, this is uh, I know I kind of touched on it in the beginning, but you know what you're doing here is very, very, very cool. Um, I, I love hearing I love hearing these things because you get to see the insight from so many different people in so many different fields mm-hmm. that you uh, like you otherwise probably wouldn't even get to hear. You know what I mean? Like whether you know just just the people that you talk to in sports and, and then the approaches that they take um, in doing things, whether it be in marketing, like, you know, you have a lot of really, really cool people on this podcast. So I'm honored that you even thought of me um, and I appreciate you having me on, man. But uh, yeah, keep doing your thing, bro. I'll be tuned in and I'll be checking it out as you go. All right. Yeah, definitely appreciate that. Going to leave you the last few seconds. If you have any words of wisdom for any um, aspiring artists out there or anyone that's listening, that's reluctant to share their music, um, this is kind of your time just to give them some advice. Oh, uh, man, I'm in the same, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm still doing it myself. So just anyone that I could say, listening here, or, um, is trying to do that, especially in music, mm-hmm. you know, first start with making something you love as cliche as it sounds, but make something that you is true to you. Don't try to follow the trends. Um, because that'll always die. Like, like uh, a trend will come and go whether or not you make music that is true to you you're going to find um, you're going to find somebody that's going to listen and you're going to be able to grow it based on that because you know people can tell when when something something isn't authentic or is you know you're trying to follow uh, a path so that that's kind of already been laid out it's a harder thing to do but i think staying true to yourself in the music that you want to make that resonates with you and whether it be you know part of what's going on now that's fine but i think it's just about finding something that resonates with you and then making something timeless um, is the goal. And then from there, just putting yourself out there. It's a scary thing to do, but um, that first step, pulling that trigger and just going for it is the hardest step. But after that, you know, it, it kind of gets easier as you go and you start learning and you start seeing things, you start seeing different approaches, different angles um, to really get yourself out there and, and put your, your music in front of more and more people or your art in, in front of more and more people. Um, but it all takes, it all takes you taking that first step. It's the hardest thing to do, but if you can do that, you can do it all. Because, you know, putting yourself out there is the hardest thing to do in the first place. It's a very nerve-wracking thing, especially with art. But albeit anything else that you try to do in life, if you don't take that risk, you know, you won't, you'll never find out. So don't get that, don't get that fear um, in front of you. And, and when you do, push it out of your mind because you never want to live with any regrets. Um, you might as well go for what you want and live you know, if, if coronavirus hasn't taught us anything, it's life isn't, you know, life isn't given or life isn't like a guarantee. Um, and, you know, we don't have 
you don't have all the answers we don't know what's going on anything can happen so why not just live the life that you want to live at all times and put it out on the table i mean you might as well but yeah i would say i appreciate you having me on lady yeah no doubt and thanks again for the time and i am your host Layden williams this is the you should listen podcast and we are out